Hi, this is Tim Del Toro. And I'm Lou Angel Wolf, and we are the Grease Gurus. Our show is broadcast every Saturday morning live at WTAN 10 Talk Radio 1340. That's 10 o'clock every Saturday morning for an automotive forum that is flavored with humor and insight. We encourage you to call in and be part of the Grease Gurus show. We'd love to have you, and we will certainly help you find your inner grease. This show is sponsored by Tim's Performance Service Center and beautiful Tarpon Springs at 906 Verona Place. And you can reach us personally at 727-543-1601. Aha. Listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio Cars. Let me tell you about my company, Gulfstream Motorsports, 727-541-1741. I have over 35 years' experience with classic, vintage, sport, and racing cars. I do appraisals, consulting, and pre-purchase inspections. Before you buy your next rare classic, the car of your dreams, give me a call at Gulfstream Motorsports, 727-541-1741. Also, due to my 28 years' experience in the auto salvage business, I am very good with wrecks. So if your car has been in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call me at 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for lost value of your repaired vehicle. That's Gulfstream Motorsports, 727-541-1741. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, 7 to 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network, AM 1340. take their cue from this way out but way in wild one with styling all new longer by almost four inches that much more impressive in the long hood look that mustang pioneered wider too and lower marking the mach one as the hottest of all mustangs all sorts of special excitement two-tone gt hood and competition-style hood lock pins. 
twin color keyed racing mirrors, exclusive Mach 1 performance striping, special high back buckets, sports console standard, along with many more extras in the way of special trim and performance features. All of this plus a special sound insulation package. And power as big as a new 428 Cobra Jet Ram Air Induction V8 option to make the Mach 1 the hottest car in Mustang's class. An 8 so hot performing, it comes with its own poke-through air cleaner that jumps when the engine grinds. Mustang Mach 1. Color this one hot. Fans, Peter Brock here from BRE Racing and AeroVault Trailers. Listen to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, the best automobile show in the Southeast. Set the way back machine. Yes, sir, Mr. Peabody. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you've missed any of our past shows, don't forget to check out our archive page, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Good evening, Mr. Tommy. How you doing? I'm doing very well, Robert. Yourself? Yeah. You know what tomorrow is? Tomorrow is the 55th anniversary of the Ford Mustang. Did you ever own a Ford? I heard that. Yeah. Did you ever own a Ford Mustang? Yes, I did, actually. A couple of them. Good for you. What years did you have? Had a 71 okay. Mach 1 and a 73, maybe? Yeah. Had yeah. a yellow. I loved that car, Robert. Did you? Oh, I got in so much trouble with that 351 <laughs> Cleveland yep. four-barrel Yep. I was doing 90 before I even looked at it. Oh, no, no, no. Now, your dad used to be a car dealer, right? So you uh, kind of had access <laughs> yeah, because of cool cars then, right? Yeah, I rotated inventory quite often myself. <laughs> oh, we have to pay a bill. We have to sell that car, Tom. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. There it goes. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, all right. So uh, let's talk about what we did this weekend. This weekend was the first annual Gasparilla Concorde d'Elegance. And uh, I got to tell you, it was a pretty good show. It was a very, very nice uh, setting over there at Curtis Hickson Park in downtown Tampa. Friday night, they had like a little, uh, I guess they had a little auction and uh, kind of like a gathering. So they had some cars show up there. Not necessarily a concourse car, but just some nice cars and uh, a bunch of people there. So it was a good place to do some uh, meeting and greeting, as they say. And, of course, they had an auction there, and it was for a worthy cause. It's for the Shriners. And uh, Saturday was a pretty good day. It turned out to be pretty nice. The weather was actually really, really nice. You couldn't ask for better weather. In fact, the last couple of days have been pretty nice. Haven't they, Tommy? The weather has been pretty doggone good. Tommy's nodding his head. And uh, so uh, that was all I did this weekend. But anyway, the concourse was pretty cool, and there were some very interesting cars there. And actually what was interesting about it, even though it was only about 100 cars there, it was kind of an eclectic um, uh, assembly of cars, if you will. Assembly of cars. And uh, so it was pretty cool, but uh, me being a sports car kind of guy and a muscle car kind of guy and a Mustang Shelby boss kind of guy, there was no Shelbys. And I'm also a Porsche guy, and there was no Porsches. 
But there was, there was a MGBGT. So me and my buddy uh, Mickey and uh, that's his alias. And uh, Nihad, he's been on my show a number of times, but he likes to go by Mickey. So we're going to give him a name now. We're going to call him Mickey, just in case Mickey's listening. And uh, IG, we're just kind of hanging out. IG's kind of a, well, actually, he's in the semis, but he kind of likes uh, German cars. You know, he has a respect for, uh, and a certain affinity for those. And um, so we were just kind of hanging out and uh, ran into my buddy Don. Chris Don was there from Lincoln Land. Uh, obviously, the Pastoruses, they were there. Obviously, it's their show. And they were, on, they were guests on our show last week. So let's see what else. But anyway, so the MGBGT was pretty cool. It was a uh, green 67. Miss Moneypenny, which is mine, is a 74. But what I've done with her over the years is I've kind of gone a little bit with a rally theme. So she's got uh, sport racing mirrors on it, kind of like um, Ray Dot lookalikes or the reproduction versions of it. Uh, I've got 67 bumper guards on it. I've got uh, Euro bumper on it, Euro trim, European speedometer and kilometers. Took out the consoles, got sports seats in it like a race car would <coughs> excuse me and uh so she's pretty she's dolled up wire wheels car so and then which you know if you're gonna have a british car there's three things that are an absolute must that is wire wheels gotta have that with the eared knockoffs gotta have that a wooden steering wheel and a wood shift knob and fog lights which uh, i'm in the process of trying to locate those i do have a set of uh very rare um lucas 170 576s but i don't want to put them on the car because if those things get hurt, they're originals, originals they're Jennies. I just, they're just real expensive to replace. So, And they make a lot of reproduction stuff. And, of course, you know my thoughts on reproduction. If you're going to have something on the car, you might as well have Jenny, genuine or original. I don't really get off on the, on the reproduction stuff. But there's a time for it. There's a time and a place for it. And um, so that was um, a pretty cool-looking car. And it was fairly stock, fairly original. And he had it in British racing green, which was very stunning. I mean, you know, to me, English car, that was their colors. England is BRG, British racing green. And uh, the car was just detailed. It was almost a, you know, it was almost a 100-point car. And uh, one thing he did have in it, though, he converted it from a uh, from a four-speed overdrive with a non-synchronized first transmission to a five-speed. And uh, so that's good. So he basically, and he drove it down from Atlanta. He had the car in Atlanta. So that's where he was out of. So pretty cool. So that was a car that caught my attention. There was another car there that I've always liked, I've always wanted, never had. And that is a Messerschmitt. And uh, yeah, like just like the airplanes. And uh, so leftover aviation components or the concept uh, with the bubble top and everything like that kind of uh, filtered its way into a little Econo car, a little tandem seat. That means tandem means one in front of the other. Uh, Messerschmitt, really cool car. There was a couple of IZs there. There was an IZ 300 or 250, if you will, and the 600, which is the four-passenger model. You know, the front opening door, you know, front door opens up with the steering wheel attached to the door and everything like that. Pretty cool, pretty cool. Uh, Chris had a 64 Galaxy there. There was another guy that had a beautiful 58 Ford uh, Fairlane convertible, retractable, no less. Probably the two stunning cars there were... Uh, the 1957, I think it was, or 60, well, that was a 57 through 61 Mercedes 300 SL Roadster. Very, very stunning car. And a very rare 57 BMW Series 1, or maybe it was a Series 2, uh, 507 BMW. Those were the two coolest cars there. And there was an array of uh, turn-of-the-century cars. My friend uh, Mike had his 1932 Auburn Boattail Speedster there, which is a very rare car. Um... Let's see, uh, um, uh, Jeffrey Hackett, had uh, he does a car, uh, a, a thing called uh, Forgotten Fiberglass, but he's now it's, he changed the name, so it's very rare cars. They're kind of like uh, one-off type cars, 
Uh, a lot of them fiberglass, but basically cars that were just kind of maybe one person. And they built like a handful of them. So they're special one-off kind of cool, very collectible cars. A lot of them were fiberglass cars. Some weren't. Some were modified steel cars. But anyway, he had a um, recreation of a Cord 810 um, Roadster, which was kind of cool. And some other thing that I can't remember what it was. And I can't even pronounce the name. But go check out Gasparilla.com. Check out the website. And uh, there's lots and lots of pictures. In fact, if you follow our Facebook page, Gulfstream, oh no, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, I've got some pictures of that, some of that stuff on there too. Pretty, pretty interesting. And see, that's the thing I was talking about and I talk about all the time. When you go to these high-end shows, you really will find some interesting cars. And the, and the level of the people that are there, the owners, the collectors, they're often very raw red, very serious car collector kind of guys. And that's not to take anything away from the other guys, from the local guys that go to like Goobers and Lubers and places like that. It's just that these guys are, they've notched it up a bit. These are real serious car collectors. These are car connoisseurs. And a car connoisseur is someone that's not just partial to, let's say, a Ford, a Chevrolet, or a Corvette, or, or a Mustang, or a Porsche, or, or something like that, or a Ferrari. He likes all cars and appreciates all cars. And that's what's really what the hobby's all about. It's, you don't have to really be die hard and died in the wool. You know, brand loyal to one particular car. You can that can be your favorite car. Like I'm partial to Porsches and, and let's say Shelby Mustangs, for example. But you know, I like British cars. I like MGs. I like Jaguars. I like Heelys. I like Ferraris. I like Lamborghinis. I like uh, Chevrolets, uh, Mopars. Uh, I like Cords, Aubrey's, Duesenbergs. In fact, uh, one of the cars that was there Friday night was a very, very probably the finest example in the country. An L29 Cord, a 19 might have been 29 or 30, 31 somewhere in that vintage. L29 cord with the very rare wood lights. They're those Art Deco little things. They're really cool looking. And the car was schemed in black with orange trim. So, and it belonged to a friend of mine here in Largo. I didn't even know he sold the car, and I used to call it the Halloween car. It was pretty cool. And um, But if you ever get a chance to uh, check out uh, an L29 cord, Google it real quick. I had a chance to buy one back in the 80s, and it actually belonged to Lloyd Wright of the Lloyd Wright estate and if you're familiar with uh, architecture he was one of the most uh, renowned architects of the 20th century here in the united states and the car was part of his estate and uh i thought it was a beautiful beautiful car and i was you know i was really seven thousand dollars apart on that deal and i should have bought it when I look back in retrospect but i didn't beautiful car stunning car amazing car but anyway uh fla car show minute let's go to that real quick well there's not a lot going on this weekend but or at least that i'm aware of but if you want to find out where all the car shows are in the state of florida definitely check out flacarshows.com tomorrow is the uh, grand opening of the mustang owners museum in uh, concord north carolina we'll be talking about that a little bit later in the meantime i think tommy is going to fire something up on the on the turntable and since it's Tomorrow is the 55th anniversary of the Ford Mustang. Here's a little Mustang music for you. Hey, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and here's a little Chuck Berry.
This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kirk, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. Okay, we're back, and that, if you recall, is probably the most unmistakable sound effect in the movie world, and that's uh, Steve McQueen in the green 68 Mustang, and he's double-clutching, having a great time. So I thought that that would be the perfect sound effect for tonight's show. Anyway, uh, stop. Now, the reason I say that is because uh, stop has a meaning here. Let me think what it says. A friend of mine sent me a text. Stop. And it says, uh, hold on, i got to find this thing real quick. Oh, yeah. Screech tires on pavement. Hardy, har, har, har. Ha, get that. Screech tires on pavement. We were trying to come up with that. What do they call that, Tommy, when you come up with uh, words that, like abbreviations for words, and they, is that called acronyms? Is that what that is? I think so. Well, if somebody's listening, they will text me, I'm sure, especially if my son's listening or Alan or somebody that's somewhat well-read and educated because uh, even though I write a lot and I do a lot of reports and stuff, wow, without a thesaurus, uh, man, I can't write, much less read. But um, anyways, so <laughs> that was uh, – that goofed up there, didn't I? Anyways, hey, that's, you know, that's the beauty of radio. We I was just going back to well-read uh, and educated listeners. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think we have some. I think we have some. You know, um, <laughs> we are in Clearwater, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, Alan, let's see. Alan, if you're out there, you know, um, well, tune in. Um <laughs> Mickey, tune in. IG, tune in. Don, tune in. Mark, tune in. Bob, tune in. Yeah, we have actually have another customer, a listener named Bob. Actually, we have one called Radio Rob. And uh, but anyway, so we're doing a show. Oh yeah, by the way, we are not a call-in show unless I say so. So right now we're not a call-in show. So please don't call. Um, I have no giveaways. I have no swag, as they say. You know, but uh, but we'll be working on it. That's on my list of things to do. But you're not giving away a Mustang tonight. No, we're not. What giving the heck? Away, I but, thought that's what the big. Oh, uh, you know what? Now that would have been kind of cool. I didn't even think of it. I'm glad you brought that up. You know what I should have done? Got uh, a model. A model, exactly. <laughs> a little a little Hot Wheels model of a Mustang. I should have came up with a with a with a question. Wait a minute. I can still do that. I can still do that. All right. Here. Do you want? Do you know where the sound effect thing is? Da 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 da. I'll come up with one. I'll come up with one. I'll come up with one here real quick. Okay, we've got a Mustang one. Okay, 
So here's the deal. I'll come up with a uh, – give us a call here at the studio. Okay, there we go. See how we – this is the beauty of radio. We can be spontaneous, right, Tommy? We're spontaneous. Okay. So here's the deal. Give us a call here at the studio if you can answer this question. 727-441-3000. That's 727-441-3000. If you're out of the area – I put my glasses on here. Uh, 866-826-1340. God, I should know that by now. 866-826-1340. Right, okay, so here's the deal. How many Mustangs did they build in the first year? How many Ford Mustangs? Wait a minute. I'm going to make this a two-part question because I don't want to make this real easy because you can just Google this real quick. How many Mustangs did they make in the first year? So that's from from April, which is tomorrow, April 17th, to the end of the month, end of the year, which is December 31st, okay? And what body styles? There you go. So how many Mustangs did they build in 64 for the first year? And how many body styles? If you can answer that question, I will give you a Hot Wheels Mustang model. So give us a call here at the studio. Yeah, Sub- baby. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. 727-441-3000. Now, uh, yeah, so there's a Mustang owner's me, 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 Mustang. Let me try this one more time. Mustang owner's museum grand opening tomorrow on the 50, it is the 55th anniversary of the Ford Mustang, April 17th, 2019. And it's taking place at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Well, actually not at Charlotte. It's in Concord right next to it. And I think there's another event the next day. So our guest this evening is going to be talking about that because he's there. So I think without further ado, what we're going to do is we're going to fire up the stereo. We're going to play some more Mustang Music. Here's a little. Uh, this is the classic Mustang Sally by uh, Wilson Pickett. Hey, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio Cars. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back with our special guest for the evening.
Detective Lieutenant Frank Bullard, some other kind of cop. Pity the guy he works for. Lieutenant, don't try to evade the responsibility. In your parlance, you blew it. What the hell is going on here? A high-speed pursuit? Two men are killed? An officer in the hospital, a witness almost murdered? Captain Baker would like to have a word with you. Now listen to me, Lieutenant. All right, nail him. I want him written off. Do you let anything reach you? I mean, really reach you? Or are you so used to it by now that nothing really touches you? You're living in a sewer, Frank. Day after day. With you, living with violence is a way of life. Living with violence and death. Frank Bullet swinging, you know he's heading for a crash with that wall of official disapproval. But when some rare Chicago blood starts spilling in San Francisco, they hand Bullet the mop. Now, what went wrong, Lieutenant? Who else knew where he was? What? Who else knew where he was? What are you implying? They knew where to look for him and they used your name to get in. Are you suggesting I disclosed his whereabouts? You believe what you want. You work your side of the street and I'll work mine. Okay, we're back, and it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. This gentleman is the former editor of Mustang Monthly, as well as an author, a musician, and an overall Mustang expert. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening my good friend, Donald Farr. Donald, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina. We're part of the Mustang 55th anniversary show this weekend. Well, good. That's a perfect segue. Tell us what's going on up there, because I, I envy you. I should be there. Yeah, you should. Uh, actually, a couple of things are colliding uh, up here. Uh, Mustang Owners Museum is having its grand opening tomorrow, which on the April 17th, which is the actual 55th anniversary of the Mustang's introduction in 1964. And then uh, out at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, they're, they're putting together um, a show and track event, uh, drifting exhibitions, vendors, and, and all the usual stuff that goes with a, a huge Mustang anniversary event. Wow. Now, is it going to be a giant swap meet, too? Uh, you know, I don't know that, that they'll... I don't think it'll be like Carlisle, but uh, I'm sure there'll be some some vintage parts available. But mostly, I think it'll be a lot of the, the vendors and that, that specialize in, in, you know, new Mustang parts. Okay. Super. So, take us... T- Tell us a little bit about how the whole uh, concept of the Mustang Owners Museum um, came to fruition, and is there other Mustang um, museums around the country? That's kind of a question I have for you. I, I do know there's one in Alabama. It, it, it seems to be more of a family-owned, uh, Fox Body, SSP police car focused on that one. Okay. I've never been there, but... Uh, uh, I was checking their website today, and they're, they're still in operation. 
It's uh, just outside of Birmingham. Okay. But uh, uh, the Mustang Owners Museum kind of came to be after the Mustang 50th anniversary when, uh, when, when a guy named Steve Hall and um, Mr. Bramlett from uh, a, a Mustang organization out in a, a parts, and I can't remember the name of his company right now, but uh, out in California, we're, we're putting together the 50th anniversary uh, celebrations in Charlotte and, and Las Vegas. And, of course, the 50th was a, was a huge deal. And they saw an opportunity to get together to, um, to do a museum. Uh, they tied it here together with Charlotte because the Speedway here, a lot of racing activity, car activities going on in the area. Um, and they tied in with Daniel Carpenter Reproductions, who does uh, reproduction parts for Mustang. So they're, they're right adjacent to their facilities. So um, they were able to put the whole thing together. Uh, they, they sold bricks to uh, enthusiasts. Um, I'm sure Ron, Ron Bramlett probably invested some of his own money in, into the, to the deal, but uh, I haven't been out there yet. I'm not far from it right now, but I haven't had a chance to go down there. Um, I'm anxious to see it tomorrow. I understand it's a, a two, two-story facility with uh, a lot of Mustangs that are, are basically uh, historic cars that are loaned to the museum for display, and I believe a lot of people have donated or loaned them um, memorabilia and, and historical artifacts. So I'm, I'm, I'm really anxious to get down there to the grand opening at 9 in the morning to see what they put together. Okay. How big a facil- of a facility is it? How many square feet? Do you know offhand? I don't know offhand. Well, I'm I looking at, at the picture on the website, and I didn't find it yet, but I'll tell you what, it's a stunning, stunning-looking building. It's beautiful. Yes. And, yes, uh, it is. I, I saw a Facebook post today where they, they put their logo up on the front of it. It really looks cool. Now, is Ford kind of backing this in any way, shape, or form? To my knowledge, no. <laughs> Really? Um, yeah. Um, there was a big push for a, a Mustang Museum 20, 25 years ago, uh, and I was even involved with, with the, the board uh, at the time, and um, it was going to be a really um, kind of a big deal because, it, because Ford wanted something really unique and really special, so... Uh, it, there was a lot of uh, inspecting sites and and locations, and uh, uh, in the end, you know, and a lot of people put money into it. A lot of clubs donated money. A lot of people donated money, and uh, in, in the end, it just never happened, uh, and which was unfortunate because it was gonna, that was going to be a really board sponsored kind of kind of thing. Um, so. Outside, of, so a lot of people are actually skeptical about a, a Mustang museum because of that. But um, they're totally separate, totally, totally different deals. Um, this one's built and it's there and it's ready to open tomorrow. Super. Now you can lay claim to the fact, and somewhere I was reading, um, at one point in the late '80s, early '90s, Ford was actually talking about doing something like really, really, really. Let's just call it a bad move. And they were going to come out with a front-wheel drive Mustang. And I think somewhere, and I even recall reading this, didn't you do something like uh, 
get a whole write a couple articles and and get people owners of Mustangs to write a letter to Ford Motor Company and say no 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 way no way to front wheel drive cars which would have been based on the Ford Probe and uh, and that other silly car they came out with that they called the Cougar and uh, so it it, would, it retained itself as a rear wheel drive front engine V8 sometimes occasionally six cylinder and four cylinder Mustang. <laughs> Yeah, the word had gotten out. I think Auto Week might have might have sprung the story that Ford was going to do a front was going to switch to a front wheel drive platform for the Mustang. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll actually give the credit. To, I, I don't. I do not remember the the name, but it was a reader of Mustang Monthly who sent me a letter back in the days before email, um, <laughs> say, saying that. Somebody should organize a write-in campaign to Ford, just just like it happened in '68 when the 428 Cobra Jet came out. That was that was a write-in campaign that was started by Hot Rod Magazine. Oh, really? And so there I was. It was one of my stints uh, between editors at Mustang Monthly. I was editorial director by then, but uh, an editor had left, and I came in to. Um, to, to do three or four months of Mustang Monthly before the new editor came in. And uh, I was looking for something to write about, and I remember this this reader's letter saying uh, somebody should organize a write-in cam- campaign, and I didn't really organize it. I just wrote an editorial uh, telling what I knew about the, the front-wheel drive car and how, how it was un-American and it was un-Mustang. As, as a front-wheel drive car, four-cylinder, and, and all that, the Mustang should be V8, rear-wheel drive. And uh, I, I guess a, a, a lot of readers wrote in to Ford. I, I actually gave the address of, of Donald Peterson, president of Ford, Ford World Headquarters, you know, all that. And um, uh, I, I was given credit by John Coletti, who, who ended up uh, as the uh, chief engineer of the what what would be the '94 Mustang? He he gave me credit for for helping change Ford's mind. I don't know that it was uh, my editorial and the and the letter writing campaign alone resulted in Ford continuing with the rear wheel drive Mustang Fox body, but um, I was given a, a little bit of credit for it. But um, that's how all that came about. And and then Coletti went on to to uh, figure out how to do a, a, a newly redesigned, uh, <coughs> vintage-looking uh, 94 Mustang that um, um, came under budget, of course, and continued the legacy as a V8 rear-wheel drive car. Well, now, you know, you... And here we, go ahead. And here we are, and here we are at the 55th. And here we are at the uh, 55th. Uh, 55 years of continuous Mustang production, yes. Well, now you can take a lot of credit for a lot of things, and uh, and I want you to share some of those stories. But you were actually inducted to the Mustang Club of America Hall of Fame. I didn't even know that we had that. And uh, tell us about that. See, I'm learning yeah, stuff. This must, is a learning show for me as well. Yeah, well, they must have been running out of people by then, by that time, because <laughs> <laughs> they already had Lee Iacocca and Carol Shelby and and. Uh, um, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the other people, a lot of people who were involved in uh, starting up the Mustang Club of America. Uh, so that was a great honor. You know that was uh, um, that, that, that was nice of them. Larry Dobb, who is the guy who started Mustang Monthly, 
had been inducted just a few years before me. And, and, and none of this would have been possible for me without Larry starting Mustang Monthly Magazine. So, Now take uh, us back, because Larry, I, he was from Lakeland. And are you from Florida originally, or are you from, where are you from? Uh, I'm actually from the little town of Union, South Carolina, just below Spartanburg. And, and I, was, uh, I had a Boss 302 Mustang and had kind of gotten involved in the Shelby Club and the Mustang Club of America when I learned that Larry had started a, a magazine devoted just to Mustangs. And, and I had started, my hobby was photography, so I had started sending pictures into the, the Shelby Club magazine and, and, and had gotten some traction there. And when Larry announced that he was going to need photos and, and stories, um, for Mustang Monthly, I, I contacted him, and yeah, I did a did a few things for him. And next thing I know, he's calling me to come to work for him. So wow! It was a big move, big move. Uh, you know, South Carolina boy moving down to Florida, and then you know, I like to say that Larry couldn't afford to hire an ex- experienced or educated editor, and and uh, you know, I wasn't sharp enough to catch up with a <laughs> with an established magazine. So we. We worked out for each other. Well, now, wait a minute. Don't you have a uh, background in journalism, though? No, I don't. Oh. Um, no. My, uh, my background was in my dad's feed store. Uh, oh. But I was, that's what I was doing at the time. And, and I was I was freelancing a little bit for a local newspaper, but, but that was kind of it. I, I, uh, um, my, my journalism education came from, from reading Hot Rod and Motor Trend and uh, during study hall in high school. Oh. Your uh, Boss 302, was that a 70 or 69? It was a 70. Okay, what color was yeah. it? Grabber blue. Grabber blue, okay. Um, I don't uh When did Mustang Monthly start? What year was that? 1978. 78, okay. In 77, did you ever go to any of the Shelby meets that they had in the Southeast, in the, in the conventions? Yep. In seven, oh, yeah, yeah. Well... Yeah, yeah, I went to, uh, in the southeast at, the, at that time, there was a, the Carolina region, the Shelby American Automobile Club, and they used to have a, a, a meet at Pine Mountain, North Carolina, yes. that I used to go to every year, and uh, that that's what got me into the Shelby Club. I, I went to that, first time I went to that, and I saw all these, I saw more Shelby Mustangs than I'd see at, in the parking lot than I'd seen in my life, and, and Bosch 302s and Bosch 429s, and so I was hooked. Yeah, it was the uh, Pine Mountain Resort up in Hickory, North Carolina, right? Just outside of Hickory, is that where just, it was? Yeah, just yeah, just just in that area. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I was at that one, nineteen seventy-seven. <laughs> oh wow! I think that was my first one, I believe. Okay, and then seventy-seven. Yeah, seventy-seven. Yeah, and then I think the year afterwards we had one at um, what's that place in Georgia that has the uh, big all the flowers? What's that called? Um, Callaway Gardens. Callaway Gardens. Yeah, were you there at that one too? I, I was at that one. It, okay. it was so cold that my yes. armor all my armor all froze. When I was trying <laughs> to armor all my tires. <laughs> wow. Do you still have that seventy Boss Rio too? I do not. I sold it. Probably it was back in the eighties. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, you know, after I moved to Florida, and so hot. You couldn't get air conditioning on a Boss 302. I found, I found myself not driving it too much, so I, I, I 
figured I should let somebody else enjoy it. And, and now a guy named Bob Summerfield up in, uh, I believe he's in Indiana, um, owns it. And I still hear from him, and he sends me pictures every now and then of the car. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I sometimes wish I had kept it. Well, the closest you... thing I have now, the closest thing I have now is my wife and I bought a 17 uh, Mustang EcoBoost um, uh, about a year and a half ago, and, and we got Grabber Blue. Oh, okay. So, well, now you originally you have your dad's original GT, right? Didn't you have a GT Mustang? Actually, yeah, it's my grandfather's. Oh, okay. Um, that, that is, pretty, I can pretty much trace my interest in, in Mustangs back. To uh, getting off the school bus one day and looking across the highway at, to my grandfather's house or my grandparents' house, and, and there was a signal flare red Mustang GT sitting in the driveway. So I went to see what, who was visiting, and it was actually the the salesman delivering it to my grandparents. And it was so much cooler to to ride around town with my grandparents and their Mustang as opposed to my parents and their four door Comet. So, <laughs> so that kind of told me that there was something unique and neat and cool about a Mustang. And, and so um, I, I've been a Mustang guy ever since. And, and I was able to get – my grandfather kept the car mm, about a year. My grandmother had back problems, so she had a hard time getting in and out of it, so they traded it. But it stayed in my hometown, and in 1981 or 82, I found out it was for sale and, and, uh, and bought it. And brought it, back, brought it to Florida with me. Wow, that's cool, cool. Now '66 and '65, all GTS were four speeds, but in '66 you could get an automatic as well as a four speed, right? That, that's correct. And mine, mine is an automatic, but okay, yeah, yeah. They, 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 well, that was that was actually the hypo, right? The 289 hypo, exactly. The GTS were available with the 289 four barrel or the hypo. The 289 four barrel cars you you could get automatic with, okay. But uh, hypo cars you could not until 66. Okay. Let's talk about your book, since uh, you ha- you're a passionate Boss 302 guy, and that happens to be my favorite Mustang, 70 Boss 302. I've had a few of those over the years. So tell us about the Boss 302 book. And actually, didn't you revise that book, too, a couple times? Yeah, a couple of times. Uh, the original book was was published by Larry Dobb uh, when I was working there back in 1983. I, I just once I had the Bosch 302, I wanted to find out all I could about it, and uh, ended up tracking down Larry Shinoda and some of the other people who were involved with the car, and 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 writing a book about the Bosch 302, how it came about, the Trans Am history, and um, that was back, you know, back in in, in the early days uh, when we didn't know a lot about the history of the cars and how they all came about. So that was uh, probably the first time anybody had done anything like that. But anyway, uh, that book um, went out of print. Uh, it got bought by, uh, as did a lot of uh, Dobbs publication books by, by California Mustang. And so I kind of lost touch with it there for a while. But then when Ford came out with the 2012 Boss 302, they, through John Clore, my friend at Ford Performance, got in touch with me because they wanted to do a launch book for the for the 2012 car, and they wanted to tie in a lot of the history of, of the 6970 cars. So they said, "Well, why should they reinvent the wheel? I already had the book. Could I 
could I redo that book and add the new car to it, which is what I ended up doing. And we redid it again when the 13 Boss 302 came out because we added that to it. So, and and this most recent book, with uh, it just happens that the uh, this year is the 55th anniversary of the Mustang. It's the 50th anniversary of the Boss 302 and the Boss 429. So Motor Books had the idea of, of taking my Boss 302 book adding the Boss 429 to it to make it a, a 50th anniversary Boss book. And that's what we did. And it just came out last month. Oh, wow. Excellent. Excellent. So the Boss 429 is considered by most people the holy grail of Mustangs. What's your thought on that? Yeah, that depends on your perspective. You know, okay. A lot of people think the, the, the Shelbys are, the 65 Shelbys are the holy grail. Some people think 428 Super Cobra Jet Mach 1. So yeah, it's perspective. But, yeah, it was it was one of the most unique Mustangs ever made be, because it took so much effort and expense to put the Bosch 429 Hemi in, engine into a Mustang. They had to be farmed out to Carcraft, a, a contracted um, performance shop. To, to actually shoehorn that engine into the Mustang engine compartment, which was actually widened at the at the factory on these special order cars. So at the time, it was uh, 375 horsepower, the most powerful Ford Street engine ever built uh, or, or offered. And, and it was all, all done so Ford could compete against the Chrysler Hemi and uh, NASCAR racing. It's odd that they picked the Mustang, too, because they built a couple, what, King Cobras that were... Did the King Cobras come out before... You know, I, no, actually, they came out later, didn't they? Because they were 70s. They were, they were yeah, they were around, around 70. Uh, interestingly, uh, the research I was doing on the book, uh, I, I was able to find some Ford um, memos that uh, initially they were just going to stick the big engine, the Boss 429 engine, into into a Galaxy. Hmm. And the engine department was quiet enough. You know, they wouldn't have to do anything special, really, to a Galaxy. But uh, Ford president at the time was Bunky Knudsen, and he was a performance guy. He came from Pontiac, GTO, and all that. And he said, let's put it into a Mustang. And that way, we'll give Ford... A competitor to the to the Hemi Cuda that was coming out in '70, and we'll we'll have this Mustang supercar, and we'll homologate the engine for for NASCAR all at the same time. So um, it was a good idea. I'm glad they uh, I'm glad they went with it. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> the boss four boss four twenty nine Galaxy just doesn't have the same ring to it. No, no, and <laughs> and what they only made two Cougars and they were race cars only, right? There was no production car. Cougar? They were they were they were drag cars. Yeah, they were they were actually built right there at Carcraft, right along with the Mustangs. But they they went to uh, Dino Don Nicholson and uh, I can't remember the name of the other driver. Sharpman, but. Eddie Sharpman. Fast Eddie Sharper. Yeah, yeah, right, correct. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, yeah. we got uh, about a minute and a half yet. I wanted to focus a little bit more and let everyone know that you're also a talented musician. 
and uh, you're a guitar player as well. So uh, we got a minute or two to talk uh, a little bit about your guitar background. And you're going to be in Orlando, what, next week or something? Yeah, I'm going to be at uh, Disney Swan Resort with my friend John Frenzy um, doing his Margarita Margaritaville style of music uh, um, along with uh, Roger Bartlett, guitarist Roger Bartlett, who was Jimmy Buffett's first guitarist. So uh, that, that that's going to be a fun gig. Um, yeah, I was actually playing guitar, mostly bass guitar, in, in high school before I got into Mustangs. And then I got into Mustangs, and I quit playing. And uh, about 20 years ago, I decided, well, I, I should start playing again. So I did, and and uh, ended up playing with a, a lot of different people around the, the Polk County, Florida area, and then doing a lot of fun, doing a lot of fun things. Uh, music in Mustangs uh, is kind of my 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 fun these days okay <laughs> and then at the end and at the end of the day or the end of the night somebody gives me money so <laughs> that's better <laughs> <I'll do> yet <that. laughs> yeah well now i gotta ask you this i know you're good friends with pete geisler and uh like pete i have fender mustangs as well and uh pete has a couple or had two but i think he's got one fender mustang now do you have a fender mustang guitar in your collection i do not a fender mustang not. bass guitar at least they made one of those I know, and my 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 friend John Frenzy has one, I believe. Okay, but um, uh, yeah, I I probably should have one of those. Yeah, I, I've I've kind of gotten to the point where I, I I got everything, every base I need for whatever occasion. But now that you mentioned it, I should have a Mustang. Well, I'll tell you what. Tender Mustang. If if you're in Orlando, and I know you're in the vintage guitars, I'm going to give my friends out there at Blackbird Music, a Blackbird Vintage Music. Or it's vintage Blackbird Music Vintage Guitars. They're in like uh, downtown. They're off Orange by the lake, in the uh, historic district. Yeah. So go see uh, uh, those guys over there. Eric's his name. He actually has a vintage. I think it's a '70 um, Mustang bass guitar. And that's a good year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. '70. <laughs> so uh, right, right along with the bosses. There you go. Okay. That's, that's it. So there, then you can add that to. In fact, uh, I think the color was that uh, they had like a, a competition orange, which was kind of like a faded yellow yep. kind of. So that's what he had up there. But, yeah, go see uh, Eric down there. He's got a bunch of vintage guitars, and he's got some pretty serious players that wander in there because, you know, those guys are guitar guys in there. So that'd be cool. And I'll blame, I'll blame you when my wife asked me why I brought home another guitar. Oh, yeah, blame it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, look, my wife says, asked the same thing. You know, she said, well, wait a minute. Is that a new guitar? No, it's just a case. <laughs> I had, The guitar I've had is, is, I got a new case. You know? Right. It, there it's, you go. Yeah. It's kind of like the cars. You know, we got the cars stashed everywhere. We just uh, It just shows up one day. Yeah, yeah, had to have it. All right, so Don, um, we got thirty seconds left, something like that. Why don't you go ahead and plug your books real quick and tell everybody how they can find out about you, and then if you want to plug the museum, if you can do that in thirty seconds. Okay, yeah, uh, my books are available at, at my website. Uh, signed copies, uh, www.donaldfar.com. Uh, still have available uh, Ford Mustang, uh, America's favorite pony car. That's a really cool history book. Um, Mustang Speed Read is a new one, which is really great for young people. Gives them a synopsis of the Mustang. Um, the, the new Boss 302 book. Um, and of, of course, if you're in the Charlotte area, come stop in at the, at the Mustang Owners Museum and they're going to be rotating cars, I understand. So it should be changing up, uh, quite frequently. So great way to, to, to get your Mustang on is come to the museum. 
All right. Very good. Well, Donald, I want to thank you very much for coming on the show. It's been a long time coming. We're going to have to do this again sometime down the road. And uh, you take care and uh, have fun up there in Charlotte. You too. All right. All thank right. you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I want to thank my special guest, Donald Farr, author, historian, uh, publisher, uh, just uh, you know, Hall of Famer for the Mustang Club of America, a super nice guy, so and committed, dedicated Mustang guy. In the meantime, I want to tell all my listeners, don't forget to check us out every Tuesday night here on the Tan Talk Radio Network between 7 and 8 p.m. right here in downtown Clearwater. Uh, car shows, find out where they're all at at flacarshows.com. I expect to see some of you guys at some of the car shows because I know I will be at some of the car shows. Uh, next month is the Walter Mitty HSR, Historic Sports Car Racing, Walter Mitty Vintage Race, up in Road Atlanta. So I will probably try to figure out how to get to Road Atlanta in another two, three weeks. So in the meantime, I think this weekend is uh, Easter, isn't it? So happy Easter to everybody. Hang in there with your family and your friends. And uh, in the meantime, everybody stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. <laughs>